listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. This is a bonus episode with my roommate for the last six months, Peacock's director of comedy specials and person in charge of just a whole bunch of crap, Megan Deneen. Now, comics that listen to this, please do not swarm my DMs. No, she does not like me enough to greenlight your crap. So please do not ask. This is a bonus episode with Miss Deneen, and we will do a full episode with Megan in the future. So don't worry about that. But we are going to be discussing an incident that happened to Megan a few nights ago when she was out on the town in Los Angeles. Megan's very popular. She gets out all the time. And then she regales us with stories because... I stay home. So she was telling me about it and I immediately stopped her mid-sentence and I was like, hey, can we actually discuss this on the podcast? And she agreed. So I have to be careful not to upset the NBC monster, but uh, we are going to be discussing it as much as in as much detail as she is able. Megan is originally from New York and we'll do her whole bio in a different episode, but she does not play when people try to step to her. I mean, that is just hardcore facts. So the other evening in regards to COVID protocols, which she will get into, someone tried to outwoke her and also tried to step to her. It just, it was not ideal for anyone involved. So Megan, Megan Deneen, take it away. Hello. Hi. Okay. So... It was a beautiful, balmy Los Angeles night, and I decided to drive up to the valley, which is already one of my least favorite things to do. Um, <laughs> Rude. <laughs> and I, you know, it, it's an interesting time. We're in the influx of COVID. Is it a pandemic, an endemic? Is it, is anything happening really at all? Or was it all just a con from the beginning? Wow, we do not have enough time. <laughs> no, we do not. Truly, we could not, do, we couldn't unpack that in this bonus episode. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, but so as I was approaching uh, this establishment, which I'll, I'll leave unnamed, really just, uh, they were wonderful and they handled it greatly, but just for the sake of this, I'll leave them out of it. But we were walking up and there was a couple in front of me unmasked and unvaccinated because they were unwilling to show their vaccine cards. I'm interrupting you because I want to go back. So as of the date of this recording, which is Tuesday, February 22nd, yes, I do not know. I know that federally the mask mandate has changed, but I do not remember. It has not changed in LA, right? Um, well, so LA lifted the, the mask requirements for outdoor gatherings. Uh, but at this particular establishment, it is required that you have to go inside to order any beverages or any food because the wait staff doesn't come up to your table. So this was really a point of contention with the, the patrons in front of me who, uh, were saying that they weren't required to have a mask while they were, it was trying to be explained to them that they still were going to need masks to enter inside the establishment to order their food and their beverages. They really didn't want to hear that. So <laughs> they sort of just walked away from the bouncer and screamed that he was being discriminatory. And they proceeded to enter the outdoor part of the restaurant anyway, because that's where they were going. Uh, and so as they walked past me, uh, behind my mask, I said... Pause for one second, because this is such a yeah. good reveal, but I want to go back really quickly and get deeper in the details. What, are you comfortable saying what race they were? Uh, they were white. Oh, what? Two white people. Megan. Yes. I know. That's crazy. Um, and were they... So they were just standing ahead of you, waiting to get in, and then you heard the bouncer say to them, so sorry, you, you, we, I can't let you in anywhere? Exactly. And he, well, he was saying that they were still going to need masks if they wanted to go inside the establishment, which they 
they needed to do in order to order any Anything. food or beverages. Okay. So, and they were arguing that that's no longer required. Uh, and so they were giving him a difficult time. Uh, mind you, this bouncer also was wearing two masks at the time. Uh, and are so, you comfortable saying what race the, the uh, He was, was a Latino man. Okay. Uh, you know, just trying to, you know, I, I think what was interesting was it was a guy just trying to do his job. Um, and I worked in the restaurant industry for a really long time where people gave me a hard time for doing my job. And I often watched other people uh, be given a hard time. And so when they walked past me, I said, really, man? Those two words. That's it. That's so it. just those two words. Really, man. Now, there are other people who may listen to this podcast who know me who may not believe that <laughs> because <laughs> I'm known to say other things. But I, I really did. I just was like, really, man? Like, we're all so tired of how much everyone's being harassed. And I think that also everyone is acting like that's not still happening. And in fact, I think it's worse now than it ever has been because there's ambiguity around, oh, are the mask mandates lifted? Um, you know, they kept trying to say that they were lifted and he kept trying to explain to them not for indoors in LA County, which is actually the rule right now. And so do you know as a private establishment if they would be able to override those rules and say we we don't have a requirement? I don't know specifically. I mean, I, it's my understanding that they'd still, even if the mask mandate was lifted, they could still require their patrons to wear masks. And if you did not want to wear a mask, they'd be able to just to not allow you to enter their establishment. Like it's the no shoots, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Like hundred percent. You know, I, it, it just. It's not an actual example of discrimination, which is, I think, what immediately was frustrating about the experience was two people who just didn't like being told that they had to adhere to a rule. Uh, and so they thought giving somebody else a hard time about it was clearly going to help them when get their way. So you go, really, man? No, you don't like move your arms. Nope. That's all you say. Mm -hmm. And they, did you say it directed to like, was he walking closest to you or was she walking closest to you? You know, I don't even, I don't know that I could even tell you how, you know, we were right on the sidewalk. Okay. It's Sherman Oaks. So, or the Valley. So I think, you know, is like really narrow sidewalk. So they walk past me and I directed that comment at them. Okay. And at which point the female in the group pivoted on her heels ever so quickly uh, and decided, she goes, you know, if you have something to say, you can say it to my fucking face. Sounds like, but seems like you just already did that. Well, I, so I replied, <laughs> so I did. And I said, <laughs> I said, really, man, can you not handle that? Good for you. Um, and her immediate response without a beat was, well, he's autistic, you fucking ableist. Mm. I just want, I'm going to let that sink in yeah, for a please second do. <laughs> because I don't even know how we jumped so far in that conversation from like, Hey, you're being frustrating to a person who's just trying to do their job to how somehow now I'm an ableist to not knowing somebody's disability that by the way is not discernible upon appearance. <laughs> it's such a good way of saying it. And I will say when, so, and I'll let you get back to the story. When Megan came home and ex explained the story, she in her, in her recounting said it was as if they took a book of just woke phrases that you're supposed to say to people to get them canceled, picked one and pointed it at me. And I, I was like, yeah, that's right. I had a friend the other day who said he was like, this is like people think oppression is like a fad like that now it's cool to be like i'm being oppressed and it's Ugh. just like okay in the words of my dead mother get off the cross we need the wood 
Like, I, God bless your mom. I just, I can't. You know, and I know better than to react to people like this. Sure. But, you know, I just, I felt, I felt frustrated for the gentleman who was just trying to do his job. And uh, honestly, watching two white people scream discrimination to a to, person of color. Yeah, it's just truly, it was truly a baffling experience. Um, so my my response to that was probably not the most politically correct or most educated response that I could have had being a woman of a college degree. But uh, I said, so what's your excuse <laughs> <laughs> to the woman? So let that sink in, too. I think that's a pretty pristine response. But it's, I mean, and I, I it truly was not meant to, to be said, meaning any disrespect to those who are part of the autism community and who suffer from that. But I it was very... <laughs> It just felt right at the moment. She clearly did not like that. Uh, at which point I decided, you know what, let's defuse the situation. And I was like, forget these people. And so I go to walk away. <sighs> Let me explain that again. I tried to walk away. <laughs> at which point the gentleman on our left, to, which, to whom I was an ableist, he screamed, sorry, you have daddy issues. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to jump in in this moment. He could have said a lot of things to a lot of people. This particular phrase to the particular human in front of me, there's probably nothing worse that he could have said to you in that Truly. moment. Um, and yeah. let's let's get into why. Let's unpack why? that. Let's pack that. So September 2021. So not even a year ago. Not even a year ago. And, and honestly, post-vaccine. Mm. So, you know, my father died of COVID. You know, and admittedly, he was unvaccinated, which was a struggle that we had in my family. But so was uh, his wife, who <sighs> refuses to believe that science can save us and that medicine is a real thing. And um, we'll leave it at that <laughs> because put a, put a again, pin in it. we don't have enough time to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. This is a shorter Truly. episode. Bing, 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 bing. Um, and so, you know, again, let's re recount. This is now February. We're about mid-February of 2022. So it's been about five months since my father passed. So when he yelled that, I turned very quickly on my heels, like like our lovely female friend before. <laughs> the protagonist. Um, and I turned around and sort of just with a, with a force kind of walked back towards them, at which point the gentleman stepped towards me and said, what are you going to do, hit me? And I said, no, but you should watch what you say because my dad died of COVID, you fucking asshole. Which is chef's kiss in and that moment. They just stared at me kind of for a moment. And at that point, I was sh visibly shaking. Uh, and I just walked away uh, and sat down with my friends uh, to meet a friend of mine's uh, new girlfriend. <laughs> for uh, the first time. The first time. So that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a really, it was a really interesting evening. It, and it, it didn't end there only because we then ended up having to sit outside um, because of some of the of our friends who came to join us and <laughs> ended up sitting directly next to them. That was awkward. That was real awkward. Oh, it was great. Uh, every <laughs> The restaurant, there were many, many folks working in the restaurant who just kept casually walking by to make sure everything was okay. <laughs> um, and some I, dude dressed all in black, kept you know, circling the table. It was weird. Yeah, and it was, and at that point I had calmed down and forget it, let these people live their lives and do whatever and I didn't say anything to make a comment. It just truly, truly irked me how much people, especially now, after all we've seen, are just still so willing to 
harass people who work in the service industry and don't appreciate the fact that a lot of them have always put their lives and their their lives, their livelihoods, their families, everything on the line so that they can check your ID and make sure that you get that cocktail that you want. Elaborate on that because I think people overlook why that statement that you just said is not hyperbolic or dramatizing. Please elaborate on why you say that like even outside of COVID conditions that that person who works the front has a risky position. Well, because they, first of all, they're constantly dealing with people who are inebriated, right? They're, it's a bar, it's an establishment. Now, this was a Tuesday night and so maybe it's not as high risk, but you tell a patron that they can't come in because of any number of reasons. Maybe they're not actually 21. And what if that person feels like they're physically bigger than you and they can they can actually cause you physical harm? Then not to mention the fact the emotional abuse, you know, like what if something they say is racially charged? Uh, you know, I, I think white people forget that there is a lot of microaggressions that happen every single day that slowly chip it away at a person's emotional stability and their confidence. I worked in the restaurant industry and believe me, People are real good at bringing those in that industry in and of itself, but especially when you're apparently telling some sort, some majority class that they suddenly don't have access to something or that they're not allowed to have something. It's as if you're you're revoking a right from them instead of a privilege. Oh, come on with that. Come on with that. God, I got. Oh, I, I want to call this episode that. Uh, it's a privilege, not a right. But so I want to go. I want to understand how they were able to be given access to the table to sit and eat there or be there after they had shown they weren't vaccinated, didn't have masks, and they were going to have to go inside. Well, so you aren't required to be vaccinated in order to eat outside. And they were with a larger party. And so it seems, uh, and I discovered, I figured this out afterwards, was when I went to leave the restaurant, uh, I went back up to the gentleman who had been checking IDs and Vax cards, and, and I apologized to him. Uh, and I was just like, hey, I'm really sorry about that. I didn't mean to heighten situations. You know, they really hit a nerve. Uh, and he said to me, you have absolutely nothing to apologize for. And standing next to him happened to be the general manager of that establishment, which he said to me, you have nothing to apologize for. They've been nothing but a pain in the ass all night. And in fact, they've tried several times to come in and order without their masks on, and I've given them the death stare. So they've just been staying outside while their friends have been going inside and ordering. So how do you feel like, uh, what could have changed about that situation to have made it better? Well, first and foremost, I got to get my mouth shut, which I'm not very right. I, I don't look, dis- I don't agree with you. On no, that no, no, no. Like well, first, I mean, but I think the first thing is like I could have just said nothing. Right. And which is not my nature. Not what I secondly, like I think I could have more so interfe- intervened and just said like, hey, guys, you know, it's actually required to do this and, and just kind of laid in on the facts rather than the emotions. But I mean, what else? I mean, what else could they have done? Or yes. I mean, they could have just had some respect and basically tried to understand the situation and say, like, it was our understanding that if we were sitting outside, we weren't going to be required to wear masks or need our vaccinations rather than immediately jumping on the defensive, uh, which was you're discriminating against us when like they're they're not. (laughs) They're just trying to do their job. That's it. And this is what is my perpetual point. If they had just they being the couple, if they had literally just said, hey, this isn't our belief system. 
them that, you know, we were raised without vaccines. This is just something that we don't do. What is a way that we can work together so that we can attend our friend's birthday party or whatever? I promise you that any any establishment, especially in the Valley, would have said, okay, cool. So long as you stay outside because that requirement no longer exists and your friends go in and order for you. And if they had just honored that and not needed the GM to give them the death stare so that they didn't go inside, if that had just been that kind of exchange, that's how you know that this is some right self-righteous, not even principled, but more of a power trip than it is actually a belief system. Well, exactly. And real quick, it is the windiest day in the history of Los Angeles. I'm just saying that because the wind is blowing open these windows. So yes. And it sounds like Megan's sound just that she just made. So if you hear random noises, it's the wind, but yeah, that's where I, it's why I wanted to talk about it on the mic because this is the thing is like, if, if this is a principled stance that you want to take of, I just don't, I've never been raised with vaccines and whatever. Why does it always become a self-righteous power trippy display that looks like calling somebody an ableist or hijacking an identity of autistic, which this guy may or may not have been, as you articulately stated before, it doesn't, it's not something like a broken arm that you can visibly see or a wheelchair or something else. Like it, 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 I just, this is where I'm just like, You've undermined your own cause if you are anti-vax. Well, also, it just shows clearly how, like, on the defensive people already are. Yes. Like, again, there are a lot of things I could have said that, like, I could have clearly been like, wow, guys can't even show up in a mask. Like, I, I could have said all those things. And I didn't. I just said, really, man, because I'm so tired of it. Like, how are we not so tired of just fighting with each other all the time like to just feel like one of us has power over the other one or that somebody has more sense of entitlement like it's just exhausting and and this in my opinion and i'd be curious what you think I think this plays into the narrative of the labor shortage because I can tell you I have in my already depleted gas tank the capacity for about two, maybe three of those types of interactions before I would quit, burn it all down, have some sort of big reaction if I were the one employed. Because I, I, we already, as you have said, we're tired, we're we're depleted. Yeah. So how who's staying at these jobs where they're just getting abuse and insults hurled at them constantly? Well, because this is the same group of people that had no problem staying at home from their office jobs, myself included, and and ordering takeout. Yeah. You know, and putting other people's lives at risk. And again, this isn't even meant to be like, so. it's not political. Like it straight up comes down to, I think the pandemic made a lot of people realize, like, I don't think this is worth it anymore. Mm. Like I don't, you know, the restaurant industry for me and for so many other people, right? Like it's been a quick, easy way for us to make cash, or it's also been a way to develop stability in a job market where maybe you aren't quote unquote qualified to have a resume. And so a restaurant allows you to build that understanding. I mean, a restaurant is where I learned the basics of accounting and how to deal with people, how to deal with different personalities, and also just like how to be a decent person and sure. rise above the fact that people are going to treat you like shit sometimes and it has nothing to do with you. It has really everything to do with them. Well, and this is sort of, I agree with that 100%. And th this falls into the same camp of if you are the per wanting to be the quote unquote bigger person or you're in those settings like how you keep saying, ah, I could have said nothing. 
the reason I disagree fundamentally is because we have to start as we as lay mm-hmm. people. I think it is our job to speak up in those situations because the the person employed who happened to also be a person of color who was just checking IDs didn't have the luxury to be like really man or you know go fuck yourself or whatever everybody was thinking. And so as a lay person, I feel like it is kind of our job to be like, I got you. I'm going to say the thing that we are all already thinking in this line and also to check them on this insanely performative bullshit behavior. I know. It's just, it's also like so hard though too, because it's like, again, I'm a white lady. So who the hell am I to say something? And, but, but also it's, how do you use that power or your privilege? Yeah. I, I joke. It's like, use your privilege for good in some way. Right. And it's like, if you have the ability to speak up, Uh, without, you know, being chastised or without somebody necessarily using your race or your socioeconomic status against you, do it. But it's really unfortunate that we have to be advocates for people and that we aren't in a place right now where people can be advocates for themselves. I would agree with that. Yeah. Anyway, I I just think that these, these types of interactions are getting more frequent and they were free, you know, they existed pre pandemic, but I definitely think that that they have ramped up. And so I don't know, I don't know what the solution is. I mean, I think it's easy to say everybody get vaxxed and then we can just move on with our lives. Clearly that's not happening. So what do you, do you foresee some sort of solution in the face of people just being like, no, I'm good. I don't. I was telling this to someone the other day where at the beginning of the pandemic, I had hope. I thought maybe, wow, this will be a humbling experience, especially for Americans. And boy, was I wrong about that. Like, (laughs) I, I really thought it would be more of a unifier, sort of like. New York post 9-11, you know, like that there was something about the we all went through this collective trauma and we're going to pull each other up. And that is not what happened with uh, COVID-19. I think we pretty much did the opposite and became more uh, divisive and separate. And the pandemic only heightened our idea or this concept of entitlement, especially in America, where we felt that it was our right to have accessibility to things and to be able to do what we wanted when not realizing that like that's not our right Mm. (laughs) like that we are very privileged in this country to have freedoms and I say that with air quotes you know like the depending on who you are but we have the freedom to to move to move around and do these things and there were a lot of other countries where people's actual rights were taken away during this and I think we somehow completely overlooked that and now we have come out of this thing full force being like i am entitled to brunch and everything <laughs> in between like <laughs> entitled to brunch like brunch is my right like i will take this up with scotus like come on <laughs> okay so can i can i just get one like anecdote of something that you saw in new york post 9-11 i know you were a baby but like that you saw post 9-11 that you were like oh i'm like so proud to be from new york right now like this is how you come together yeah i mean well so my father worked in for a fire alarm company um so he happened to know a ton of uh fdny and nypd officers who had passed in 9-11 and i you know <laughs> My dad called me and he said he he worked in Jersey City at the time, which if you are in downtown Jersey City, you have a perfect, perfect overview of lower Manhattan. And he said that he went up there with his business partner and some of his guys and they just watched the smoke kind of like billowing. And 
He's like, and we all just kind of stood there and silently cried, you know, and I, my father's Irish Catholic and, you know, I know all the guys he worked with are from various backgrounds, but all tough men. And there was just this idea that um, they all felt comfortable in that very moment. Um, And I think that's just one of many examples where I saw very similar to that or stories that I heard where people banded together and, you know, watching people walking over the bridges and, uh, you know, just trying to get their ways home, like, it was it was definitely a time to be super, super proud of where you're from because, you know, I think New Yorkers get a lot of shit for being rude or dismissive, but I think we're tough, you know, and but at the end of the day, we know how to rally and kind of come together. And we did that a lot in the pandemic. And I think New Yorkers really kind of pulled together. I wish the rest of the country could have done that as well. Because you saw you were in New York when COVID actually hit. Yeah. Well, the funny part was I was in Los Angeles, March 13th, 2020. Uh, I thought I had COVID. And literally, they told me, like, just don't go anywhere. And I like L.A. County Health Department was like, we don't even know what to tell you. And so I ended up, uh, after being fever-free for 48 hours, uh, flying back to New York into the heart of the pandemic, <laughs> like, because I was really, you know, searching for some for some mystery and <laughs> stayed in my apartment for pretty much three and a half months in Brooklyn after that. But there were all of these pockets and moments that, like, when you would go outside and I started to finally recognize my neighbors, people who I realized I wasn't seeing because we had completely different schedules and lives. And so it was a nice chance to see, to get to know my neighborhood again, see people kind of like living and outside. And as spring came out, it just, it had this vibrancy of New York that felt almost, uh, you know, exponentially more so than when we come out of a cold winter. Mm, I love that. Well, thank you. Of course. Thank you for telling us about your story. And yes, folks, she will do a full episode at some point, but I just wanted to get that on record because I was so... I was literally gobsmacked that 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 happened. And and I also wanted it to be noted that everybody thinks of L.A. as this liberal bastion of, you know, everybody's following the rules and looking out for each other. And that just has not been my experience. Well, every city is always surrounded by its more suburban counterparts. So I'm I'm from Long Island. I know what it's like, you know. It's uh, not everybody can hang. That's right. Real talk. Well, thanks, Megan Deneen. Uh, do you want people to find you on the socials or do you want to not? You know to, yeah, I have a feeling that if they really want to find me, they can. They can figure it out. That's right. OK, well, thank you folks so much for listening uh, to this bonus episode of Service from Hell. And, you know, don't be like that couple and, you know, have have your opinions or whatever, but stop being shitty to people that work in customer service. And, you know, what I know our audience isn't like that so I don't even need to do this warning but if you stumble upon this podcast and you're not a regular listener please be nice to people that are doing these jobs please just be nice to people but definitely be nice to people doing these jobs because they have to deal with customers like the ones Megan just described and I don't know how much self-restraint I would have if I had to do that night after night so thank you folks so much for listening go ahead also tip well people hello tip well well you know what megan the tagline out of this whole podcast is if you can't afford to tip you can't afford to go out so we'll say it even though it's a bonus episode so folks find uh, find me find the podcast uh service from hell podcast we're on everything thank you folks so much for listening good night
I just burped. That's gross. Uh, oh, gross. Yeah. Rude. Rude. Very rude. 